Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. There's plenty to celebrate in March and express. Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, it's the Lombardi Line here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, and BetMGM is the sponsor of the Lombardi Line, the king of sportsbooks. If you're in Vegas, stop by any MGM property, bring your state-issued ID, and you're ready to bet. Remember, BetMGM.com has the newly reconfigured app, so it's easy to use in-game. Check it out. 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. 21 years or older to participate as we welcome you back another hour to go as we lead into if you think about it on paper Michael Lombardi you've got Bengals Bills just a tremendous matchup with two great quarterbacks two all-time quarterbacks frankly even this earlier in their careers and then you have historic franchises of course with the Cowboys and the 49ers 82 to 96 the Cowboys and 49ers combined to win eight of the 15 Super Bowl championships however neither team has won a Lombardi in 26 years so historic franchises you know what's weird you we were discussing the quarterbacks a little bit off the air it's odd purdy doesn't really have the pressure here the pressure's on Dak. right because look purdy is a system player they put him in the system where purdy would get pressure is if the four if the cowboys were able to start the game with the lead and build the lead and then if we got into the fourth quarter and purdy's behind by 14 that's when the pressure would fall on Purdy. And that's when we would say, well, he's a seventh-round pick. But the way they play offense and the way they're able to dictate and the way they're able to control the game with their offense, which then plays to their defense, which can then rush the passer, it, it, it has eliminated him. And so Dak, the pressure's on Dak to, A, get the lead, B, make some of those plays with his feet that he has to make, like Stidham made when he played against him, a little bit like Geno made when he played against him. You're going to have to make few plays. I thought yesterday Trevor Lawrence 
especially on some of those early third and shorts, needed to make plays with his feet. They needed to have him more involved in the run game a little bit to kind of offset it because we knew they were getting man coverage. You knew he was going to he could have made a big play instead of trying to throw bubbles or try to throw slants. You know, find a way to get him in that running game on third down. I think that's what Dak's got to do. I'm not saying Dak's going to be in the six back offense, but he's got to be able to keep the chains moving with his feet at times because it's always going to be hard to have perfect protection, perfect route distribution, and perfect execution. Okay, Michael, this number open, Dallas-San Francisco. Most shops open three and a half, pushed up early to four. You see BetMGM is still sitting with our official number at four. You take a look at your board, DraftKings is sitting three and a half. There's a couple of shops sitting three and a half. So, again, if you wanted to lay it with the 49ers, you can find a three and a half or take it with Dallas and the four. Any surprise there uh, on the number? No, I mean, I think, look, I think, I mean, my apprehension is is the kicker. I'm nervous in a, in a field goal game, and I think this is a field goal game. I think if you get the four, you got to take it with Dallas. I think if you get the four, you've got to take it. I really do. I, 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 I'm, I'm strongly on that one. I think that's the play because I think Dallas matches up to them. I'm not saying Dallas is going to win today, but I think Dallas can match up to him. I think there's this notion that Dallas, uh, uh, Brian indicated their, what team will show up. So, okay, let's talk about that. They played Green Bay and Green Bay. They lost. They got out to a lead. They, they gave that lead up. They didn't close it out. They played Jacksonville down there. They had a lead. They lost it. But, you know, Kansas City went to overtime with Houston. I mean, Kansas City had moments with their team that they didn't execute either. Every team's inconsistent. It just seems like the Cowboys, their inconsistencies get magnified. And I think ultimately they can play well. They match up. I think they can block them well enough up front. Look, Seattle blocked them last week with two rookie tackles. Now, when Seattle got behind, the game changed on that fumble. That's what happened. The game changed. It's 24-17. They're going to move the football. I don't think you're going to see Purdy throw 19 passes in the first half like he did against Seattle. I think they're going to be a little bit more try to run the football and control the game. But I think Dallas is going to have a chance to win this game. Two of the best scoring defenses in football, of course, with the Cowboys and 49ers, Michael Lombardi. Also two opportunistic defenses. So with that, you can see kind of lead changes and some weird stuff happening. The vibe I'm getting from Hughes is, even though this is a great 49er defense, you expect Dallas to be able to move the ball and score some points here. Yeah, I think this is a great complementary defense. Their offense sets the table for their defense. And I think when you talk great defenses, the Baltimore Ravens in 2004 playoff games gave up 23 total points. That's not this team. You can move the football. They don't do enough defensively. They do more than Salai does in New York, but they still don't do a lot. You still can get to where they are. Now, you've got to be able to block. You've got to be a very good, consistent team to get four yards, six yards. You've got to move the change, right? But you just are not going to be able to – they're not going to shut you down. I mean, the first play of the game last week, Seattle gets nine yards, and then they don't get a first down. Like, you can't have that. If you get nine yards on first down, you got to find a two-yard play. you got to keep the – got to be really good with your ability to keep moving the chains. And if you get the lead, if you're able to play from in front, that puts more pressure on Kyle to have his offensive line pass protect. And how does that Cowboys defense match up against Kyle and what he's trying to do schematically? 
I think that's where, where, you know, when you watch them, they're fast on defense, Dallas. And to play Kyle, it's not about power. It's about being athletic and fast. So you've got to be able to match up. You've got to be able to run, and you've got to be able to tackle really well. And I think that's the one concern I have about this Dallas defense. Can they tackle well enough? Can they handle it, right? Both the coordinators know each other really well. Kyle works for Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn knows Kyle. Kyle knows them. So the game plan's going to be. The last time they played, when Dallas was the favorite in Dallas, you know, Kyle comes out the first drive of the game, doesn't even get into a third down and just walks it right down the field. He gets up 10-0. Now he's playing from in front. That's when, he, that's when his defense is at its best. So I think this first quarter is going to be a really interesting chess match to see how it gets balanced out. But Quinn's defense is unpredictable and it's fast. And that could cause some problems. And I think Quinn knows he's got to not be sta- status quo. He's got to be a little different going into this game. Purdy hasn't played. I mean, the Commanders, I guess, was a top 10 defense, but he hasn't played a defense like this Cowboy defense. What are your expectations for Brock Purdy going into this matchup? I think that Kyle gives him so many easy throws, right? Look, he's got the best yards after the catch receivers in all of football, whether it's McCaffrey, the running back, whether it's uh, Debo Samuel, whether it's Kittle, whether it's Ayuk. I mean, they all can play, and he's got the best play caller. I think he can't have the first half that he had against Seattle where he wasn't accurate with the football, where he made some bad throws, where he was behind. This game's going to come down to yards after the catch. If Dallas wins this game, they're going to limit San Francisco's yards after the catch. If they lose this game, it's because they didn't tackle well. Michael, as a better, we're trying to get a read on a team. And a team like the Cowboys, they're so mercurial. Uh, You you think about what they did in Washington where they had – plenty to play for couldn't have played worse when they go to Tampa see I I I disagree I I don't think those players felt like Philly was going to lose like I think those players were like look you know you could say we got a chance but we really don't you know like you could say it but we don't I, I don't think to me you know there was the I think they were more concerned about making sure they were healthy for Tampa than they were beating Washington because if they laid it all out against Washington and 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 still and won that they wouldn't have changed their position. So I kind of dismissed that game. You know, gotcha. I think, look, they've got to – I think Kellen Moore's got to do a good job of calling this game. I think Brian's right. Broadus is right. You've got to be able to run draws. You've got to be able to keep the run game intact. But that can't have a, 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 an inaccurate day or make mistakes and overthrow passes. He's got to play his best, best game, right? What do we talk about all the time? Your best players have to play their best, Right. Mahomes was playing his best yesterday. Lawrence, I thought, was a bit about a B-minus player yesterday. He didn't play his best. Now, Kirk didn't play his best either. He dropped the pass. The night game, the Eagles, every player played their best. And in the Giants game, none of their players played their best. So you've you got to see that balance. I mean, it's going to take a really good effort from Dak to win this game. You wrote about it in the Lombardi Look Ahead, which is available for VEASAN pros. And, and that is Quinn, who hired Shanahan there in Atlanta. What will he try to take away? What will Quinn try to specifically do against the Shanahan offense? It take away the run game. He'll take away the outside zone, the running game, and how Kyle wants to. Now he needs to figure out what Kyle. The first part of this game will be what formations Kyle's or Kyle gets into, and what personnel groups. That's going to be where the offense is going to get generated. You have to pay close attention to that when you're watching a Shanahan offense. Is Are they in three-by-one, two-by-two? How are they running the personnel groups? And what runs do they want to run out of those personnel groups? And then Quinn's got to make his adjustment. But he's got to create a negative play, right? So he's got to create a third and 12. 
so that that forces Purdy to have to run a drop-back pass game. That's where Purdy's not as good. Okay, so you like the Cowboys catching four. Where is the Lombardi line officially once you put it through your numbers? The, the market says three I, I, and a half, four. Where's the Lombardi I line? Had it, I had it at 1.13. Okay, so you, that, that's some wiggle there. If you get a four at yeah, 1.13, yep. Cowboys are the play. Yeah. You know, and so like all my numbers, like my number on, I had the 7.31 on, on, on the Giants. That obviously was the wrong number. Seven and a half, it closed at eight. That ended up being, you know, that, that game wasn't in doubt. This Cincinnati-Buffalo game, I have a 2.36. But for me, like I just worry, I worry about Cincy. What, what, what I just heard from Ben Baby bothered me. That Zach and I've seen this before, so it doesn't surprise me. Zach Taylor's not changing what he does. He's got. I mean, I'll get texts from former head coaches today about how bad it is that they don't protect Burrow. I mean, I promise you, I'll get it because they don't do it. They don't. They don't alter their game plan to adjust. If they leave Jackson Carmen alone, I don't care who's over there. You know, Bashim, whoever they put over there is going to get pressure on them. And Sharping, the right guard, I mean, the, the, he couldn't make the Texans team. They cut him because he's got a bad shoulder, a bad knee, and he's starting guard today. I, I don't know how that all worked. I love Burrow, but I think there's a huge obstacle to overcome here. Yeah, we had Ben Baby, Bengals reporter for ESPN on earlier. He just essentially confirmed what you've been saying, and that is Zach Taylor doesn't adjust. It's not like he yeah. told you anything you didn't know. So that's a concern right. going into this with that offensive line banged up. Matt Mayako, 49ers reporter, joins us next here at Lombardi Line. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. On, 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my, my dance, dance bro. <laughs> 
You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, become a VSIN pro right now for an introductory offer of $9.99. Remember, we've never done this before. We probably won't do it again, so get in now. $9.99. You can get Gable's picks on college hoops today as well, Michael Lombardi's picks, and all the host and guest picks here on VSIN. You get the pro tools, including. The betting splits, pro picks, and pro tips. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. That's VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Michael Lombardi was talking to some of his fans over there at the Borgata. I'm Patrick Maher. Matt Mayoko joins us here, of course. Longtime 49ers beat NBC Sports, KNBR. And as we say hi to Matt, and thank you for joining us, I was asking Matt off the air about Santa Clara and the weather today. You said perfect. Fast track. It's going to be nice, right? Yeah, a week ago at this time, well, the Friday played a Saturday game, but you know what I mean. It was pouring. It was, The wind was sideways. I mean, it was crazy. And then it kind of cleared up for game time, and the weather wasn't any kind of factor. This one, I mean, there's zero impact that the weather will have. The field, I'm here at Levi Stadium right now. The field looks wonderful. The end zones are painted red. Uh, there's not a cloud in the sky. So two fast teams, and it should be a, a fast game today. Yeah, uh, Matt, like the last time they played, San Francisco got off to the great start, 10 nothing in the first quarter, and their defense controlled the line of scrimmage. But do you get the sense that I get that as much as we talk about how great this Niner defense is, and look, they're fast and they tackle really well, teams over the last month have moved the football on them and have scored points. Is there any concern in that team in terms of maybe they're not as dominating as they as we think they are and that their offense really sets the tone to allow their defense to rush the passer? That is the way it's turned out. You know, for the first half of the season, the 49ers defense was lights out and the offense was just trying to keep pace. And the offense was only scoring 22 points a game. And then, you know, coincidence or not, um, Brock Purdy takes over. I think a lot of this had to do, too, with Christian McCaffrey becoming more acclimated into the offense. But, you know, over the, the final, what was it, seven games of the season, they averaged almost two touchdowns more a game than they did before that. The defense, as you mentioned, it hasn't been perfect. You know, they have given up some big plays, some chunk plays. And it, it seems like there's been one or two a game. You know, last week it was a 50-yard touchdown pass to DK Metcalf. A lot of it has been blown coverages. Uh, some of it has just been flat out a receiver and, and a quarterback beating the defensive back. But I guess the common denominator and all that is on those plays, the pass rush isn't getting home. And so that's a huge part of what the 49ers try to do or what they need to do too. Because I think Charvarius Ward's a very good cornerback. Uh, he's kind of struggled here a little bit lately. Diamador Lenore on the other side is a young guy, second year pro, and he's susceptible. So the pass rush beginning with Nick Bosa has to get home because I, I do agree with you said that the defense started out strong. I wouldn't say that they've been faltering, but there have been a few plays a game. But the offense has certainly caught up to where the 49ers defense is. And now I almost think that the 49ers offense is the strength of this team. I do believe in all the years here on VEASAN, this is the best camera shot we've ever had. You see Matt there in the press box with the majestic sun over his right shoulder there in Santa Clara. That is gorgeous as we talk about 49ers hosting the Cowboys. We don't know outside and nationally of Purdy's temperament. Can you help us understand Brock Purdy, the rookie? He is 23 years old. He certainly doesn't act it. 
He stepped in, a very serious kid. He played a lot of football at Iowa State, a lot of ups and downs. And George Kittle told me this last week that he felt like, you know, I think he, I think uh, while he was there, pretty the um, the Iowa State Cyclones lost 20 games. So it's not like one of these quarterbacks who all he did was win in college and then he gets to the NFL and ex- maybe experiences a little bit of adversity and doesn't know how to handle it. He's just a very level-headed guy. He's very poised. He's smart. He knows the offense. He shows composure in the pocket. Uh, he has uh, the ability to escape the pass rush with his legs and make plays downfield. You know, he, he's just really hit all the right notes for the 49ers. I mean, even when he speaks to the media, he speaks with this confidence and, you know, he steps into the huddle and he's telling veterans to shut up, you know, when he's <laughs> when he's calling a play and guys are talking. So uh, he just has a lot of, of confidence and composure and it really belies his age. All right. Two part question, Matt. So uh, Kyle Shanahan said this week that Garoppolo might be able to play in the conference championship game. Do you see that as even a remote possibility, maybe as a backup, but not as a starter? And then second, if Purdy wins this game, who's the starting quarterback on this team in July? (laughs) Well, I I would say that it's I, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo will be in uniform if the 49ers win this game next week. Potentially, he could be if Frayers make it to the Super Bowl. But let's face it, that would be taking the spot of Josh Johnson as the number two quarterback, not taking Brock Purdy's job as the number one. And as far as who's the quarterback in the offseason, when training camp begins, Brock Purdy has shown it. You know, and everything we can say about Trey Lance, it's still a projection. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be a free agent. You know, he's going to get some kind of money uh, to be, I would assume, to be a starter somewhere in the league. The 49ers aren't going to bring him back. Um, you know, he accepted a major pay cut to return this season. So right now, when you look at what Brock Purdy has done, it's the real thing. I mean, he's, he's using his legs better than Garoppolo. He, can, he makes all the right reads. He looks like a polished NFL quarterback, even though he only has seven starts. And it's no indictment on Trey Lance. It's just that they don't know still to this day, two seasons into his career, what he's all about. So at this point, I I don't think there's any question. It has to be Brock Purdy with as well as he's played and the upside that he has shown. Matt Mayoko joins us, of course. 49ers beat there in Santa Clara. Can't wait for the matchup. Two historic franchises later today. The 49ers host the Cowboys. And I say that, uh, Matt, as the 49ers have won 11 straight, yet we're seeing the number dip off the four a little bit, back to three and a half. Are you surprised maybe the 49ers aren't bigger bigger favorites here against the Cowboys? Yeah, I would have thought, you know, I think think that's four, you know, three and a half, four. Four and a half, I think, is somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the Cowboys are one of the few teams. Well, there's probably only two other teams in the NFC that can compete with the 49ers just from a talent standpoint. You know, we did, we certainly didn't see that last week. Seattle was completely overmatched. 49ers have stars basically at every level of their offense, every level of their defense. Um, and the Cowboys. What the Cowboys do is they they come at you aggressively. You know, they put pressure on the quarterback. They generate takeaways. And if that formula holds, this is going to be one heck of a game today. If it doesn't hold and the 49ers take care of the football and and Brock Purdy doesn't make the rookie mistakes that he has avoided up to this point, 
then I think the 49ers probably should win this game kind of handily. The, the Cowboys have been up and down through a lot of this season. You know, granted, they only, they only lost five games in the regular season, but the 49ers over the past 11 games have played at a very high, consistent level. And they believe on both sides of the ball that their best game is still out there. They, they don't think that they've come close to what their potential is. Now, you know, maybe that's just talk, uh, but we see it a little bit. I, I think it's going to be a really good game, and I, I do think the 49ers should win this game. Uh, but I, I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout, that's for sure. Let me ask you, in talking to the 49er coaches, what is offensively and defensively, what is their number one concern about the Cowboy offense and the Cowboy defense as they talk to you about it? Well, I think that, you know, they, they, uh, they're zeroing in on that two-headed monster at running back. So, you know, they feel like if they can keep uh, the, the running game down as they've done a, a very good job of this season and they can force third and longs, that there will be opportunities for them. Dak Prescott did not take care of the football all that great. So they feel like if they can get those, you know, third and sevens, third and eights, that – the defense will have an opportunity to feast. On the other side of the ball, it's identifying where Micah Parsons is and making sure that he doesn't wreck the game. You know, it's and when you talk about a team that's that forced 33 takeaways, about half of them interceptions and half of them uh, fumbles. It's just you know, take care of the football. You know, it's it's uh, be wary of guys trying to punch the ball out. Um, for the 49ers, it's kind of the same thing that they they want to produce those third and eights for the Cowboys defense. The 49ers need to avoid that because that's when the Cowboys can come after you. And even if they don't get to Brock Purdy for a sack, it can be, you know, a hit while he's throwing ball up in the air and takeaways that way. So I think those are the two keys that both sides of the ball are kind of honing in on today. We're just happy Northern California looks like you get a respite from the rain as the beautiful weather is there. Pristine, Matt Mayoko, NBC Sports, of course, KNBR in San Francisco. Did a great job. Thank you, Matt. Enjoy the game. Thanks so much, Matt. Awesome job. Appreciate it. Good luck. All right, right, Patrick, Michael, thank you so much. Steven Spielberg on the camera there, Michael Lombardi, because that was about as good of a picture we've seen with the the sun in the the background. Nothing the like Bay the Area. Bay Area. Well, you and Millie are very familiar with the Bay Area. They've been dealing with hor- horrendous weather, with rain, and so it was nice to see the sun in the background with Matt. Coming up next, always sunny with Thomas Gable. Next, here Lombardi Line. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Is Lombardi signing copies of Football Done Right at the Borgata? He's got a lot of fans coming up to him. Betting splits, Michael, for you, vsin.com. Check it out. Money and bets for every game. Remember, when you become a vsin pro, you get the Pro Tools, the most popular Pro Tool betting splits updated every 10 minutes straight from DraftKings. Today's games and future events. Check it out. vsin.com slash subscribe. Okay, Michael Lombardi, all kidding aside, he's having great conversations with the fans there at the Borgata. The gentleman that runs the race and sports book at the Borgata is Thomas Gable. Do you think he worked yesterday, Michael? I think he was at the book for over 15 hours. How are we feeling this morning, Thomas? 
a little tired, but here we are. <laughs> here we are. I, that's why you lift all them weights. That's what Parcel says. That's why you lift all them weights. You yeah. know? Patrick, listen, we, we have a line at the window, and we also need to start setting up a line here to talk to Michael oh, between man. breaks. There's I know. Just, it, uh, it, no, we a lot of people it. coming up to him. So. That's great to listen to. to you know, guys that listen to the show, it's 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 awful nice of them. They comment on it. And, you know, they, they remember things, too. It's kind of interesting. And so, you know, that's why you, you got to be careful with what you say. Everybody remembers it. That's why you got to keep score. <laughs> <laughs> it's but always it recorded good. too. It uh, is good. And, and how how big was the fight here last night? Was it was it? I mean, I know I was told Patrick reliably that once that e- it was an Eagle Giant crowd. Once the first quarter ended, the Giants fans kind of trickled kind of out yeah, here, yes. knowing she that was. it was over. It yeah, got, she, yeah. I, you know, it was. <laughs> In a way, you know, it was okay because I I didn't know what the the crowd dynamic was going to be like with those two set, those two fan bases, and really that first series, you know, it was going back and forth, and then uh, again, like you said, first quarter after the first quarter ended, it was kind of you started certainly they quieted down, the Giants fans quieted down, and by you know I would say end of third quarter there weren't many left in here. At that point, it was all Eagles fans, yeah. and they were. Uh, they were obviously in a, a celebratory mood, and now uh, your man Bill Berman. I'm sure he's ready for uh, the trip to, to Philadelphia next yeah, week for sure. his Cowboys. Excited. I think they're all excited. <laughs> yes, so they're greasing the poles here in Philly. You know that was a game where when I was would, would watch the games with my sons, I would always we would watch games, and I always would use a chess terminology: pawn to queen four, checkmate. Like that was a game that went pawn to queen four in the first quarter. Like yeah. you knew that game yep. was over. Like that was over there. But yeah. today's another day, right? Today is another day. Today's another day, and just uh, I know. Um, somebody said it there in my ear. The America's teaser came in yesterday. Yes, Elliot. They, 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 they can't, yes. America's <laughs> tease did yes. hit, which was America's annoying teaser. yesterday. You needed the tease yeah. for the Kansas City Chiefs with the field goal late. You obviously didn't need to tease the Eagles unless you were involved in the teasers as they won 38-7. But that didn't help the book having that tease hit, I'm sure, uh, Thomas. No, no, it certainly didn't. Um, and, you know, the... Uh, the Kansas City game, actually, that late field goal helped us. Uh, that obviously helped some people as well with that uh, Jacksonville kick there to, to get it to seven. Uh, so that w- was a decent result for us. It could have been a lot worse. And the uh, the Eagles and Giants game, pretty evenly bet. We had a little bit more Giants money here. So, again, a decent result there um, where we, we got beat, obviously, in that teaser. And then the first half markets, too, we just didn't see the results there. You know, I, I got to say this, though. I was on Jacksonville, I, I, and and I think to me, if you would have lost that game, you, you, you were on the right side. I mean, that turnover late in the game, mm-hmm. you know, an, an unforced error killed them. Yep. The tripping penalty killed them, right? I mean, and Bucker tackles that guy, tackles Agnew mm-hmm. on that kickoff. I mean, there's another play there. I mean, there was about four plays in that game. That they had a chance. I mean, the first they got the ball at their own thir- at the Chief thirty, and they yep. got that tripping call, and then they end up having a punt. You know, there were so many plays that that actually, I think you know, Jacksonville looks. They should have. Jacksonville's going to kick themselves. They should have. They that was. They were able. They could have beaten them on that day. Things were yep. were setting up in Jacksonville's favor, especially you know with the Mahomes injury. You know, you think, oh, here we go. This is this, Jacksonville could punch their ticket here as soon as you saw that injury happen. And uh, but yeah, uh, alas, here we are. Kansas City advances. So yeah. 
So the two games today, Michael, I'm going to start with you quickly. The reason I asked Matt Mayako if he was surprised maybe the number wasn't longer with San Francisco. I mean, you could argue on paper San Francisco has the best roster in football. Of course, the quarterback is the equalizer. But, you know, Cincinnati, who went to the Super Bowl last year, they're catching six. Dallas, who's been up and down, they're catching three and a half. You see what I'm saying there with the disparity? Yeah, but see, I think what people misconstrue about Dallas is in, when you put together your power rankings and you look at the numbers, like, for example, in my power rankings with Dallas, okay, I, I hear this inconsistent talk all the time, and I hear it from Berman, and then I go through the games, and i like, where are they inconsistent? You know, they lose to, they lose to Green Bay up there. Okay, Rodgers had a good day. The Cincinnati, the, the Jacksonville game, they get a tip pass interception that goes to overtime. They do some dumb things offensively in that game. But when you break down the numbers for Dallas and San Francisco, San Francisco's in the top 12 in 15 categories. Okay, 15. They're really good. Dallas is in the top 12 in 14. Like, mm. Dallas is really, I think Matt said it well, Dallas is a really talented team. And for some reason, we get caught up in, because of some of their coaching mistakes, because of some of the, the inconsistencies, that they are really a talented team that does a lot of things really well. And they're going to cause some problems for whomever they play when they play at their best level. Well, that's, well that's where I think that's a very, yeah, very well put. I think the difference. What what do you make this game? I had this at one point one. I had this as a two. Wait a second. Hold on here. I have this as a one point one point one two game. Okay, so your power ratings on Dallas are are different than mine, and I'll say that I look at it this way: Dallas absolutely is a very talented team. I I grant you that. I kind of look at this not exactly like the Giants and Eagles yesterday, but I look at it in the same vein. The Giants obviously had to step up in class yesterday, and we saw what happened to them. Right. right? In the NFC, I believe there's the Eagles and the Niners are at the top. They're, they're the high class. I have a hard time putting Dallas into that same class. I just do. Um, I still have a lot of questions about that. Whether, and I, I think that's the issue overall with a lot of people. Does Dallas really belong in that very top echelon of the NFC with San Francisco and the Eagles? Obviously, you believe they do by your ratings here. I do, and I, and I would say this to you. If you put Kyle Shanahan coaching the Cowboys, they would be ahead of the 49ers. If you switch staffs, they would be sure. ahead of them. And I think there lies the difference. I think, to me, my concern about going all in on Dallas is Kellen Moore and his inability to orchestrate offensive play calling to the situation of the game. You know, all these coach, all these play callers have these huge play sheets, right? Well, the play sheet should say, how do we win the game today? Like, how do we have to play the game today to win? You know, I mean, that's where, you know, everybody was talking about what a great coach Peterson is and all this. And, you know, he averages more yards per carry than he did per pass. But yet we're throwing sideways instead of throwing the ball down the field like that. And then we're punting the ball. We had too many empty possessions. Like, how do we set up the game plan to win the game? That's what makes me hesitant about the Cowboys. That's what concerns me most is the coaching advantage. And that's why, to me, at four, I think they can close the gap. I'm not saying they're going to win, but four is a really good number if you like the Cowboys. Now, again, I'm nervous about the kicker, but I still think that's the case. Okay, well, set us up, TG. Before we say goodbye, got a couple of minutes here. Cincinnati Buffalo is sitting where, and what are they doing there at the Borgata as far as the number? So currently, Buffalo laying six, 
Total 48 and a half. And, uh, you know, we, we have some exposure on Buffalo um, at, at some earlier numbers there, four, four and a half. Uh, but uh, right now that number is sitting six. And, and obviously, you know, I think the, the early money here came in on uh, Buffalo, as we said yesterday, really just due to the, the offensive line issues that we know the Cincinnati will have. Uh, is Cincinnati going to be able to run the ball here at all, Michael? Are they going to be able to run the ball? I don't think they can. I mean, I know you should be able to run the ball, but will he call runs? Right. That, that's the other problem. I mean, I don't trust Zach Taylor. And then we, we had Ben Baby on today, and Ben Baby's talking about, oh, they're going to just run what they – they're going to do what they typically do. Well, you got Jackson Carmen playing left tackle. You can't do what you do. <laughs> you can't do it. <laughs> you can't do it with Jackson Carmen. You know, I, I'll say this for that game, you know – the, the turnovers, I think, are going to be key. Cincinnati is plus seven in, in turnover differential in their last nine games. Uh, and obviously, we've seen Buffalo cough up the ball lately and, and make some key mistakes there. So I, even though it's number six, I, I, this is obviously going to come down to can Cincinnati win the turnover differential here again? Yeah. I mean, well, you, I think. do you think you go to five and a half before the week? Or do you think you're staying at six before we kick at three? Uh, right now, I think we're going to stay at six. Will you stay at four? Or will you fall to three and a half with San Francisco? Uh, that could go to three and a half, I think. That could go to three and, and, and a half. And what are the 76ers' odds for winning a title after they won last <laughs> night? <laughs> for you? We'll, we'll put up a special price for you, Michael. You should have heard the conversation. You should have heard the conversation with Michael Lombardi. And, uh, who was it, Michael? I'm sorry. He's Howard my Eskin. Mind. Uh, Howard, Howard Eskin. Eskin. Oh, my gosh. It was so funny listening to those two talk. Uh, but quickly, Thomas, we just have 30 seconds. It sounds like if you were given a play, you do like the 49ers today. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, w- I, would, lay, uh, I would lay the points with the 49ers. 16 to 1 on the Sixers, Elliot tells me in my ear, by the way. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Elliot. Appreciate that. Take that's a that's a St. Jude's pick right there. Thank you. <laughs> Donate the money. Thomas Gable's college basketball plays up at VEASAN.com. We'll come back, run the board. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> 
Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my game, game bro. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, BetMGM is a sponsor of the Lombardi Line. They have, they have the best loyalty program in the game. So every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you earn BetMGM reward points and you can convert those points into free bets, airfare, hotels. It's, like I said, the best loyalty program in the game. Check it out. Visit BetMGM.com. Remember, the app has been newly reconfigured, so if you like the in-game betting, we've got you covered. 21 years or older, 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue, as we welcome you back here on the Lombardi Line. So special programming note, JVT's got Live Bet Sunday. He's going to take you to 2 East, 11 Pacific, and then Brent Musburger with Countdown to Kickoff is going to take you up until the kickoff there with Buffalo hosting Cincinnati. And we'll start there. I, I heard you tell Elliot, you do kind of have two official plays. And again, yeah, you, the first one you like is Buffalo, but make sure you're laying the five and a half. Don't, don't lay the six. I like the, the six, five and correct? a half there. I, I do, yeah. And I think to me, this is a game where, the reason I like Buffalo, two factors here. I don't trust Zach Taylor to really, to run a six or seven man protection, to run the ball, to play a style that's conducive to winning. I love Burrow. But if you go back and study those playoff games where Burrow got sacked repeatedly, a lot of it had to do with the kicker and their ability defensively. I don't think the kicker's playing as well this year and their defense isn't the same. So I I think they're not the same team and we're having the same thoughts, which I think is a mistake. What I like, what I think is going to happen in Buffalo, and I I don't have any knowledge of this because I didn't watch practice, but I think Buffalo figured out that we're going to have to have Allen's going to have, for the next three weeks, this week if we win, next week against Kansas City and then in the Super Bowl, Allen's either we're going all in on Allen or we can't go or we're not going to win. Like their offense can only generate themselves through Josh Allen in a six-back attack. I think we're going to see Allen throw the football today, but I also think we're going to see him involved in the run game. And I think it's going to put a lot of stress on Lou Amaromo's defense and their ability to slow them down, especially on third down. And how do they cover the receivers? I think with McKenzie back, it helps. Because as I've said all along, Buffalo's skill players are not as good as people think. Yeah, Diggs is great. Don't get me wrong. Diggs is great. But Diggs can only go so far because you're going to double them. So if they put their best corner on Diggs, Gabriel Davis or McKenzie are going to have good days or Dawson Knox. So I just think Buffalo's the more talented team. I think there's the Burrow tax that's out there that people think, okay, Burrow's really good and Burrow's going to keep him in this game. But I also think you should pay a tax on Zach Taylor because I don't think he calls the game or plays the game like he needs to do week in and week out. I'm glad you brought up Joe Burrow. He's 15-7 and seven in his career as a dog, including he's 13-2 and two ATS as an underdog of at least three points. So... He's in a spot here where he's flourished. Cincinnati, they've covered eight straight games as an underdog, including the postseason, which is the longest active streak in the league. This was an interesting note from Elliott in the rundown here. The 
the, the injured tackle in Jonah Williams has allowed 13 sacks of Burrow this year. That's the most of any offensive lineman or tackle in the NFL. But again, the replacement, I mean, it's just the replacement may not even be worthy of being in the game. Well, I mean, the replacement's going to need some help, right? No matter who he goes against, you know, he's going to need some help. He's going to need to be able to, and the guards are going to need some help. I mean, that's my problem. I mean, last year we watched him get sacked repeatedly against Tennessee, and he took sacks. And every time he took a sack, it was a bad sack, and McPherson made the 50-yard field goal. You know, I think that's a harder thing to do. And, and I think, you know, look, they've got great skill players. And I understand that if they gets the ball to them, yards after the catch, all that. But at some point, you're going to have to protect in the game. And they don't run the ball really well enough. And against Buffalo, I think you've got to run it. Like Miami, two, the first time they played them, they ran for 188 yards. New England ran for 104. New England moved the ball on them. But New England, you know, New England couldn't stop them. New England, you know, New England couldn't stop them. And I, and I think it's going to be a challenge for the Bengals to stop them as well. Because if Allen runs the ball, if Allen is involved in this run game and he doesn't turn it over in the red zone, I, I think they're going to win by a touchdown. Brock Purdy is the second rookie quarterback since 2000 to be favored in a playoff game in the division round or later. The last one, Dallas, losses a five-point favorite in 2016 in the divisional round with Dak Prescott as their quarterback versus Green Bay. So let's set it up here. San Francisco, again, three and a half if you want to lay it, four if you want to take it. It sounds like you want to take it at four with the Cowboys. I like the Cowboys at four. I, I, I worry about the kicker, you know, because can he make a pressure kick? Brian Broaddus, you know, said he was kicking this week and it was better. Okay, so, but you got to make a call at some point, right? So I'm going to go with the Cowboys. I think the speed of the Cowboys defensively can help. I, do I think they shut down the 49ers? No, but they're a much better defense than Seattle last week. I mean, I, I disagree that Seattle was lacking talent versus the 49ers. I think Matt said that. Yeah, not on offense they weren't. I mean, that offensive line did a really good job of protecting up until the fourth, until almost to the fourth quarter, and the game got away from them. I think that the Cowboys can protect. I think they can throw if you understand how to attack this scheme. you got to know how to attack the scheme. So I'm putting a lot of faith in Kellen Moore, something I don't typically like to do. But you got to know how to attack the scheme. And then I think that they can, the speed of their defense can create some problems for Purdy and make him play a little faster. Make him play a little faster. And if he plays faster, maybe he won't be as accurate. Look, that throw he makes down the sideline, great call by Kyle Shanahan on second and nine. It was a critical call in the game. He threw that ball about two yards too far inside. The safety didn't get over. That could have been picked off with a good safety on the field. Seattle's defense isn't good enough to hold in that game. They, they're a draft away. Dallas is. Let's take a second to troll Cowboys fans for a second. Prior to Monday night, the Cowboys hadn't won a road playoff game since January 17th, 1993. That was Aikman versus Steve Young. They had lost eight straight road playoff games since before beating Tampa Bay. So that's just one. Another one to hurt the Cowboys' feelings and their fans a little bit. San Francisco 8-1 ATS is a home favorite this season. So they've been awesome. Six straight covers. We know how well they've been playing with 11 straight wins here, the, Cow uh, the 49ers. Yeah. Pardon me. 
I mean, look, look, I think, you know, the Cowboys are America's team and they get America scrutinized. And, and it's somewhat unfair, right? They lose the opening game to Tampa Bay. They weren't really ready to go. They come back and they beat Cincinnati, Cincinnati with, you know, with the backup quarterback, right? You know, they dominate. They beat the Giants backup quarterback. I mean, they, then they lose to Philadelphia. OK, with Cooper Rush, your quarterback. They lose an overtime game. They lose two overtime games. People say they're so inconsistent. They lost two overtime games. That could have gone either way. The games could have gone either way. And they're 12 and 5. I mean, I think this is a really good team. Like I said, of the my 19 criteria, San Francisco's good in 15, Dallas is good in 14. I think these are two evenly matched teams, and I think that the, the where I'm going to lean towards the to I think San Francisco wins. I think so because of Kyle. But I think it's going to be a really good game, and I think that Dallas pays a price. Because everybody, like, to, to laugh at the Cowboys the way Stephen A. does, you know, like there's some kind of inferior team. I mean, they're really good. And, and they've, they've shown they're good. They've had two overtime losses, and they're, tw- and they're tw- 13 and 5. Think about that, Patrick. It's really incredible. It, it, and the idea that, you know, we hear Sean Payton's name invoked if something were to go wrong here. My assumption is McCarthy's completely fine after winning in Tampa. Oh, I, 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 I don't – if they would have lost in Tampa, I mean, I don't think he's in trouble. First of all, why would Jerry want to pay $25 million for a coach when he thinks he's coaching the team? That's right. You know, and so, like, like to me, this is what's wrong. I, I don't think people truly understand, you know, how good – I mean, they go into Minnesota. They won 40-3. to three. We're praising Philadelphia for beating the Giants 38-7. to seven. I mean, like, okay. Like, they went out there and dominated. I mean, they, I know the Colt game was somewhat close, but that was 54-19. to 19. I know the Houston game, they were fortunate, but they won. But so was Kansas City. Kansas City had to go to overtime to beat Houston. But we don't just but nobody they don't get as critiqued on that as Dallas does. Like nobody's really peeled back the layer on the Cowboys and said, you know what, this is really a good team. Now, they could come out here and if they turn the ball over and Dak turns it over like he's been prone to do, yeah, that's gonna be a problem. But they've got to manage the game correctly. We were dubious about Jacksonville, we were dubious about the Giants. These four teams today, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Dallas, San Francisco, uh, we've got a minute here, Michael. It's about as good as it gets for two games. Yeah, it is. And, and I mean, look, the best play, like Parsons got to play great today, right? Josh Allen, to me, this is going to be a moment for Josh Allen. This is his moment to say, I'm not only a superstar athlete, I'm a superstar player. This is his moment because he's got to prove in a key game that he can deliver and play under pressure and not make mistakes not make mistakes and this is the perfect time to do it selfish question on the way out two defenses that have been hyped dallas and san francisco the total is 47 my vibe from you is you expect points in santa clara i do i think both teams will move the football i think both teams will move the ball and i think both teams will be able i think it'll be a close game to the end and i think this is what do we have it's at 47 i think this is a 31 30 kind of game i think it's okay we're going over 30 27 yeah. We're going over. Lay the five and a half and take the four. Remember, that's key. Michael Lombardi, volume all the way up with Millie today. Enjoy the games, okay? Thanks, Patrick. I really appreciate okay. that. Thank you okay. so much. <laughs> Enjoy the commentary. Live bet Sunday with JVT, then countdown to kickoff with Brent Musburger. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.